0: Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. I have my man Jeff Cohen in the place. Hey, Jeff, I was getting ready to say welcome, welcome back to the heart of sports with Jeff Jeff Cohen yeah, and Jason. Here we Smith. go. We have yeah. you brainwashed <laughs> I was getting ready to say that. now for, for y'all, some of you, I believe a lot of you guys know this by now who listen to the podcast. That, um, you know, Jeff's a co-host with Jason Springer, the heart of sports, and one of the best talk radio shows um, in the Philadelphia area, if not anywhere. And before we get this whole thing started, before I forget it, just let people know, because you guys had some little bit of changes, and I just want people to know where they can listen to you guys at. You know, I know it's still at the same time, but just so your, your followers will know.
1: No, we appreciate it. We're we're uh, now part of the ninety-seven point five The Fanatic Network. So we are live on eight hundred and sixty WWDB on uh, in Philadelphia on Fridays from four to five, and you can get that show and all of our shows on the podcast network of ninety-seven point five, iTunes, Google Play, any place you want to get your podcast and want to just uh, subscribe.
0: And real quick, you can do the same thing for this podcast, Locked On Sixers, anywhere you want to subscribe. But look, I know that people want to hear about the 76ers. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to have three segments. The first segment, what we'll do is we'll, we'll talk about um, what, how Doc Rivers is going to benefit Joel Embiid. In the second segment, Jeff, I want to talk about how he's going to do the same with Ben Simmons. And then the third segment, we'll just talk about other players, um, you know, particularly Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson, right? There's a lot of other guys. We don't know if they're going to be back or not. So it's hard to really break them down. But right now, when you think of Doc Rivers coming to the Sixers and you think of Joel Embiid. Now, if Mike D'Antoni was here, it was going to be a disaster. For you who don't know, The job was Mike D'Antoni's to lose until Doc Rivers basically got fired by the Clippers last Monday, and then he accepted the job on Thursday. And well, he was, yeah, he accepted the job on Thursday. But with Mike D'Antoni, they were going to do five out. Joel Embiid was going to shoot threes, which would have been great for Joel because that's what he likes doing. But boy, oh boy, it would have been a disaster. What do you think? You don't be stressed out just thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, I was having a headache. <laughs> but when you see Doc Rivers, you know, Doc Rivers said that, you know, someone told me that Doc really loved when he was a Nick and he had Patrick Ewing. He loved playing with Patrick Ewing. That was a dominant center. Then you look at a guy like Kevin Garnett, who, you know, he has a different style as, as MB. But he is a Hall of Famer. Now, some people may say KG was a power forward, right? But he was still a dominant big. How do you think this is going to impact Joel?
1: Well, it depends on whether Joel listens. I mean, look, the second they said that he was the higher, the mentality of probably everyone in Philadelphia changed. Went from the dread that you just described of Mike D'Antoni was going to let Joel be at the top of the key, shooting from three-pointers, not playing with his back to the basket. And then all of a sudden, with Doc Rivers coming, I think the entire city and anybody who's a Sixers fan immediately sensed a sigh of relief because people believe that a guy with this much experience and this much gravitas to come in and, and say, look, I've done it. Listen to me and I'll get you there. If anybody was going to come in and say something, get Joel to do these things, it's got to be him and get him to say, look, you play under the basket. If I were Doc Rivers, what I would be doing is I would get a whole bunch of film and I would sit in the film room with, with whoever the Sixers got and say, get me as much of the successful video as you can of Joel Embiid back to the basket against the best players in the NBA and just, just have like 20, 30 minutes of it and then bring Joel in, sit him down, and say, I'm going to say a word, just watch this. And after it's over, say, do you see what you can do to the best bigs in the game? Now, if you just dedicate yourself to doing that, you will be the superstar that Charles Barkley said you are not. You decide if you want to do that, but this is the way I'm coaching it, and this is the way I expect you to do it. The question for you is, It can Doc Rivers get Joel Embiid to listen to that and buy into that long term, not for two games, but long term.
0: The question is, if he can't do it, then Joel has serious problems, because then you can't say that it's not, you know, it's not a Brett Brown thing. You know what I mean? It's a Joel Embiid thing, because we're talking about a guy who has. Who's 11th all-time on wins list? We're talking about a guy who coached Hall of Famers. We're talking about a guy who turned Tracy McGrady basically into the Hall of Fame player that he is, right? So if he can't motivate Joel, then Joel can't be motivated. And and then secondly, you know, if I'm Joel Embiid, and I know in years past he always said it, hey, I'm meta, I'm meta, I'm I'm motivated. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, if you look at it, he didn't make all NBA, all NBA. He did not make any of the all defensive teams. Heck, he was averaging 30 points, I believe, through four games in the bubble. And he didn't even make the all bubble team. So what that says to me is that his act is wearing thin on people. The people who vote don't, they know he's a great talent, but they're saying We're tired of this. We don't think he can win. So right now, I think Joel has to be motivated. He has to be fired up because right now, he doesn't want to be the Dwight Howard of the league. He wants to continue to go on. And like we talked about before we came on here, Doc Rivers got five years. Doc Rivers isn't going to come here for chunk change. So the team is invested in him, and I think Joel Embiid needs to be ready and he needs to be motivated because if not, it becomes a Joel Embiid problem.
1: If this doesn't work immediately, does Joel Embiid risk being the next Derek Coleman?
0: I mean, yeah, it could be worse than that. I mean, it could be. But, I mean, yeah, you can say that. I mean, I don't know if we can say immediately because it's going to take a while The difference between Derek Coleman and Joel Embiid is Derek Coleman, when he came into the NBA, he came into an NBA where they had veterans and stuff like that and this and that. Joel came into an NBA where straight from the door, he was the guy. He didn't even play a game, but he was that guy. Does that make sense? So with him being that guy, it's like you develop bad habits. So when you get a guy like Doc Rivers, who is, a future Hall of Fame coach, a guy who's well-respected around the league, you know, it, I'm not going to say he's just going to hurry up and, and switch. I think that it's going to become a process. You know what I mean? Oh, it's going to be a process. You can't use that word. <laughs> I didn't serious? say, I didn't say point, the you process. Use, no, you cannot
1: use that seven-letter word. There is no way that anybody's going to buy any process, any patience, any (laughs) time. How many times have we heard from Joel Embiid and the Sixers that he's going to be in better shape, he's going to play with his back to the basket, he's going to take his game to the next level, he's going to be a leader? I remember standing with you during the media day, where they were talking about beforehand, about Joe Embiid and how much better shape he was. And he came in, and he looked like he was in shape for a basketball player, but he didn't look like Giannis did. Did he? Nah, no. I mean, but, so but, how many times are we going to hear this? I think that Doc Rivers needs to get in a room with him now and say, look, this is up to you. I'm going to coach a certain way. I'm going to draw up certain plays. You decide whether or not you want to play this, but, but all you have to do, is follow my lead, and you're going to be a star. You're going to be the first team all-NBA. Uh,
0: all you're going to be in the all-star game, and you are going to lead us to a championship. No, I understand what you're saying, but I'm what, what I'm trying to say is it's a process. Like, I understand what you're talking about in regards to being in shape, playing your back into the, in, the basket, but it's like from day one, just because you're doing something doesn't necessarily... Like, sometimes you have to... You got to give a guy the chance to see the benefits for them to totally buy in. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is a different situation, but my daughter's playing volleyball now. So I said, hey, this is a sport that you're going to like, right? So she goes out there. She doesn't know anything about volleyball. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, and then after a while, it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is what, you know, this is what my dad said. This is what I can do. That's what I'm talking about. I mean because you just can't, huh? Yeah, but I'm not going to I'm not going to buy it. I get what you're saying, but the problem
1: here is is Joel Embiid knows what success looks like. You don't this is not Ben Simmons, okay? So when we get to that part, the Ben Simmons thing is different because you got to show him what happens when he takes shots from the outside. Joel knows exactly what happens if he plays with his back to the basket. He dominates.
0: Okay? Now, now, Jeff. Here's the one thing I'm gonna say. This is yeah. what I, I'm not cutting you up. I'm gonna say this. We got a different coach now. Right. We got a guy who makes who holds people accountable now. And I'm not saying we. I'm not a Sixers family my But I'm just saying using the word we. So mm-hmm. in the past, whenever we we all saw something, you talked about it on on the radio. I wrote about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You go to the press conference. And the rhetoric was completely different. Right about now, I expect the rhetoric to be in line with what we see. Now, if I'm not saying he's going to throw people under the bus. But what I'm saying is, it's like, oh, well, how come Joel wasn't in the game? Well, we want somebody to be down on the block. Stuff like that. So with that, so I understand what everybody's saying. So the reason why I'm giving everyone a chance now is because I feel like they're going to be coached now. You understand what I'm saying? I always felt like. Sense. I I like Brett. But I always felt like. He would say stuff. But it was more or less. He, he didn't want to offend people. Because then all of a sudden. He was, he was in the, their doghouse. You understand what I'm saying? I feel like. With five years. With this guy's cachet. I honestly feel like. He's going to be the one calling the shots, not them. Now, again, let's keep this real. This is one thing we got to understand, and this is true. Elite players get treated differently than a role player, right? So they're, they're going to get away with certain things that other people don't, won't. But at the same time, I think that he, this coach, I don't think I know, This coach wants to win. This coach wants to make these guys better players. Not saying Brett Brown didn't want to win, but I felt like Brett Brown was going out of his way to make excuses for him. I feel like Doc Rivers is like, I'm here for five years. And if these guys can't do what we say, then we have to bring in some other guys. It wasn't that way before. It just wasn't. So, I, that's why I'm giving Joel a pass a little bit. And that's why I'm saying, you know what? He's going to be out there, but he'll see the benefits. Is it a whole lot easier to shoot threes? Yeah, because you don't have anybody banging on you, doing this and that. You know, you're out of shape. You're doing this and that. Yeah, it's a whole lot easier. It's kind of like saying to your kid, do you want to eat the vegetables or do you want to eat the chocolate candy? Or do you want to eat the candy? And your son is saying, Well, Daddy, I want to eat the chocolate. And you're saying, Okay. Well, I think what Doc Rivers is saying is, If you don't eat these vegetables, you're not getting any candy. You know what I mean? It's completely different from what Brett Brown said. Now, look, y'all, when you guys, um, when, when we talked about this podcast, make sure you keep coming back to this podcast. It's the only podcast that covers the 76ers that comes to you. Five days a week and also go to anywhere that you get your um, download, your podcast or you subscribe to your podcast and you can get this one. Now, look, I want to talk about Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. How do you think Doc is going to benefit Ben Simmons? I think that you now have a very good point guard who can teach Ben how to play the position the right way. So. Brett Brown had an idea,
1: and to me, by the way, just going to Brett Brown very quickly, Brett Brown always struck me as a guy who would be a very good assistant coach. He seems like he would be a good X's and O's guy, but the reason that he was good as an assistant was because Greg Popovich was a guy who had the credibility to say to the players, look, you're going to implement what these guys put on a chalkboard. So now you have a guy, so Ben Simmons, while he liked Brett Brown, while he may have known Brett Brown... Brett Brown never played the position at a high level. Brett Brown doesn't understand what the point guard mentality. He put him in a position that he really, really wanted to be in, but he didn't give him the tools or he didn't have the gravitas to say to him, hey, by the way, this is the way you play if you're going to be successful. Again, I think Doc Rivers needs to sit him down and say, look, Ben, this isn't. I'm not going to give you a quota. You know, Brett Brown said I want him to shoot a three-pointer a game. I think Doc Rivers is going to sit him down and show him film. And he's going to say, look, I was a point guard. I played with Patrick Ewing, as you said. I know how to win as a point guard. Part of the job, no matter how tall you are, no matter how gifted you are, is you have to help space the floor. You need to buy into spacing the floor. And part of spacing the floor is shooting and working with him and sitting in the gym with him and making him shoot those three pointers and holding, as just like you said before, holding him accountable. That's what needs to happen. I think that for that reason, he or Ty Lu was the right choice. I don't think D'Antoni was going to do it. I really didn't understand how you were going to bring D'Antoni in here for a bunch of reasons, but especially for Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons wouldn't have made any sense in his offense.
0: Yeah, Ben Simmons... <laughs> would have been playing power forward probably in this offense <laughs> yeah. you know so you,
1: so you think at this point he's going he's now your point guard
0: yeah, Well, right. I take that back cuz he said Tobias was going to play power forward but yeah Ben Simmons would have been lost if he wouldn't have got threes up um you you're right and 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 I think that from a credibility standpoint you know just because of who Doc Rivers is I think that you know that has that carries a lot of weight in like a Ben Simmons type of person because like we again we talked about McGrady we talked about other people, and I think that Doc could push some buttons to where other people can't. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying get up in his face and and this and that. I'm just saying when he speaks, it's kind of like you know where he's coming from. Like you said, he was a point guard. He he, he was, you know he he was a coach. Um, he is a coach. So I think that you know when he says it, he's saying it from experience. And Ben has to respect that. And again, it's both of them. Like, you can't say that you want it unless you're able to get out of your um, comfort zone. And I think, to be honest with you, I think the way that Brett Brown turned Ben Simmons into a power forward, um, we I thought it was going to be a point forward. And initially, I thought it was going to be a great move. But then when I start seeing him not touching the ball at all, and you saw Shake struggling with the bringing the ball up. Um, it looked, I mean, in my eyes, if he didn't lose Ben Simmons, he was about to lose him when they came back. So I think that this is a fresh start for Ben, and we'll see. But, you know, it, here again, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm not saying that he's going to be a rah-rah coach, but his his words mean something, you know what I mean, in my opinion.
1: Do you think Ben Simmons is going to listen? Um, do, you, do you think he's going to buy in? I mean, we, we haven't really heard anything from Ben Simmons. Since and,
0: uh, you know, again, I, I think it's like the NBA thing. It's like how much do you want it? You know, how much do you want it? And, and But I also think that, like, think about this. I'm going to take up for Ben Simmons right now. So you come into a situation where your coach is coaching from a sheet. You got the guy in the analytics department having a vocal, a vocal, voc- he's being extremely vocal in the meetings. He's handing the coach a sheet before the game with the rotation and substitution patterns, everything. And you're Ben Simmons and you done played at Mount Verde Academy, which is a premier high school basketball program. He won like two high school national championships. The first overall pick, all-star. And you're talking about buying into a sheet of paper? Like, come on, dude. Like, come on. So I think that he didn't have a problem at Mount Verde because guess what? He respected the coach. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that when you get a guy like Doc Rivers, he's going to respect him. You know what I mean? Like, again, we're all saying buy-in. You no, know, Like you said, none of these guys have spoken. You know, uh, Joel said some great, had some great remarks for the coach, which is good. But what I'm saying is I feel like you have a different coach. You know, this stuff is real now. This guy is known mm-hmm. for making late-game adjustments. So I think it's different. And guess what? Tobias Harris, if you look at – a guy like Tobias, we're about to talk about. Tobias had a career year with Doc before he was traded. I mean, he if I'm Tobias, I'm going to give Doc a kiss. A kiss on the cheek. A hug and a kiss on the cheek. Because Doc is the reason why Tobias got paid. Because Doc is the one that said, go ahead, Tobias. I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to make sure you score all these points. The Sixers gave up the bank for him, gave up everything, man. They gave up the farm, the bank, the farm, everything, the boathouse, everything. And but, then, before, but before you get to, okay, so I, I see, it because
1: you, you talked on our show about the Tobias thing, but before we go into that in depth, does Doc Rivers have, my question would be, does Doc Rivers have the ability to do it different ways with different players? And I, I'm asking you because I don't know the answer. Is, is he going to be getting your face with everybody or is he somebody who has a reputation? Because as you said, he's the 11th most wins of all time. This is a guy who's been around for two decades as a head coach and been very successful. Does he have a, the reputation that he can relate to different players and motivate them different ways or is everybody going to be motivated the way that you're about to explain that? Now tonight? here's
0: so, the thing, I, I really can't speak on that because I haven't, you know, I haven't really paid attention to him. Now, one thing I do say is that, as most coaches, you know, people treat certain people differently, right? You know what I mean? Like Hello? the the, su- the su- goodbye. <laughs> it's good so, Apparently, you turned on Siri. <laughs> yeah. So, like the superstars get treated a certain way. I mean, that's the thing you hear with all coaches, right? But I I do think that the one common thing is I, I again I don't know what his coaching style. Is, is like with everyone, but the one common thing is if you're not playing well and if you're not doing what you're supposed to, you're going to come out. Now, I do know, I do, I have heard that he is um, hard on rookies, you know what I mean? So, rookies really don't play, young well, guys, that won't be a problem here. That so. won't be, yeah, they, they really don't play. Um, but it's hard for me to say because I haven't really paid a, a you know close attention. But again, he's he's had veteran squads. So typically, when you have veteran squads, you know a lot of times you don't have to motivate them like that. They come ready to play. You know what I mean? He's known as a players' coach. So I think for them, it may be ideal for him to go out there and get some a veteran who can police the locker room, so to speak. But in regards to the whole Tobias thing. You know, I, I'm just saying that Doc is going to be great for him because of the things that he did with him and because of the success that he had. So if you're a Ben Simmons and you're looking and you're saying, okay, regardless of how the motivation tactic was, Tobias listened and it's it spearheaded Tobias getting traded. Um, the Sixers giving up everything and he getting a got $180 million, right? Mm-hmm. Tobias should have made the All Star team that year. He didn't. So if you're Ben Simmons, you're, and if you know you want to get to be winning the championship and being that guy, this is the dude for you. Okay, so now go to Tobias.
1: If you if you have Tobias who thrived under Doc, is Tobias, Tobias now going to thrive in this system with Doc, and is he going to get plays called for him? Because my impression this year was that he, they weren't really calling plays for him. He would be the third or fourth option. Is Doc going to now call plays for Tobias and for some of the other players, or is it still going to just run through Ben
0: and Joel, and then other guys got to find their find their shots and find their points? I mean, again, that's another thing that we got to talk. I mean, Doc has to see devise a plan. But when you think about it and you look at it and you look at, how good the Sixers can be when they get all three all of them involved right when you get all three of these guys involved yeah you have to get Tobias involved you do I mean because as good as the clip well hey the Clippers had Kawhi Paul George right yep. but you look at Montrez Harrell and you look at Lou Will I mean these guys were like you know key contributors you had some other guys who were key contributors. You know, nowadays, you know, I understand like we look at the Lakers with 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 Anthony Davis and LeBron, that's a crazy situation. But the key to them winning also has been guys like the White Howard too playing out of his mind. So, I think in order for the Sixers to be a great team and go deep in the playoffs, it had you have to get Tobias involved too. I mean, Tobias has to be that guy who, where you say, well, yeah, I see why he got $180 million." Not to where you're saying, wow, my man, all power to him for getting 180 You have to say, I see where, why he got 180 I mean, and I think that's what docs want to do. Because let's face it, Tobias Harris can do some things that Ben Simmons can't, some things that Joel Embiid can't. And there's things that are going to be extremely vital. I think that in the past, what Brett Brown did is they had Tobias, like you said, not drawing plays for him. They had him in the corner. Now, let's face it. Tobias is playing with two all-stars. So when you're playing with two all-stars, situations get a little better for you, easier for you. So I think that he he should be able to take advantage of situations by being the third wheel, so to speak, quote unquote. You know what I mean? And, and that's why, that's where I think he comes in. That's where I think if he could have another great year. And plus, Doc has faith, faith in him. He knows what he does in the pick and roll. You know, so I think Tobias will, yeah, I think that he'll be incorporated.
1: Okay, then who rounds up the starting five in a Doc Rivers offense?
0: I think it's, it's, it's hard to say because we don't even know who's going to be here.
1: Based on who's here. Okay, okay cuz all these guys are under contract. Based on who's here, is is Richardson going to be do you think Richardson's going to be here and do you think Richardson can thrive under Rivers the way he did not under
0: Brown? I think he can because if you look at you look at certain roles that players have and how players improve I mean, again, I keep going back to McGrady and, and, and and believe me, I'm not calling Josh Richardson, Tracy McGrady, but what I'm saying is, you know, Josh Richardson has, has some skill. Like he has a lot of heart, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, he's, he was the fifth, he was the fifth option, so to speak, in the whole starting five, but there was times late in the games where he was the one producing, you know what I mean? He didn't have any plays ran for him. Now, again, there were certain games too where he struggled offensively. But even in those games, late in the cuts, especially in the bubble, he was the guy that was getting buckets when the other guys were fading. So I think that now he's going to get coaching. Um, he, his role, he, he he's gonna to have to understand that you know he's not gonna be the guy. He's not gonna be the go to guy. But I think that now all these guys are gonna have roles. And that's the one thing that's starting off from the beginning. He's going to know what's going to be asked about him. And I think that's going to benefit him. But I also do think of all of them, he's probably going to benefit the most because he's going to know what his role is. And he's also, they look at him and they're going to have, and he's going to be like a guy that, okay, you're going to bring in, you're going to play quality defense. We're going to run some pick and roll with you. We're going to do all these other things, slash to the basket. We're going to utilize your athleticism. You know what I mean? Think about it. He's extremely athletic. How many times have we seen Ben throwing a lob to him? Rarely, never, right? So I think in this Doc Rivers thing, that's where it's going to be utilized the most. That fifth starter, that fifth starter may not even be on his team right now because they need somebody who can stretch the floor. That's what they need, and and as much as I like Shake, I don't know if 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 he's that fifth starter right now.
1: Could Matisse could Matisse round into that fifth starter?
0: He could, but uh, you know what? Matisse is good, great defender, but I'm talking about like they need a a space setter. Like they need like like they need like <laughs> hate to say it. They need Redick. A, a JJ Reddick, a JJ Reddick, Andrew <laughs> Shamit. That's what they need. You know what I mean? They need a J.J. Reddick, a Landry Shamit type of guy. I mean, because, you know, when... when, I mean, think about it. Boston. Right. You know, Ray Allen doesn't get... People, we don't talk about Ray Allen shooting threes. Everybody talks about all the other things. But Ray Allen was the three-point shooter with the Celtics, right? But we just don't talk about it because... I hate this because he was, I guess, more athletic than the other guys, right? So people don't talk about that. Um, But then when you... When, when you when you talk about uh or uh you talk about uh the clippers early on, okay. JJ Reddit. You talk about the Clippers squad now, Landry Shamit. So that's what I'm looking at. Now who knows? Maybe maybe Shake can become that guy, you know, um but I'm 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 talking about a bona fide sniper. You know, does Doc Rivers make
1: Elton Brand's job easier to get somebody like that? If you're a shooter, do you now want to come and play for Doc Rivers where you wouldn't have wanted to come play for Brett
0: Brand? Yeah, but at the same time, you're trying to get paid. And, like, so with Elton Brand and I'm going to need to do the Sixers, Elton Brand, Doc, and everybody else who's going to have a decision in this, they, they need to make a trade or they need to do something because – I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, like, I would love to play with Doc if I'm a guy. But if that other team is going to give me $10 million or, like, $15 million and, and the Sixers can only give me uh, the mid-level exception or the veteran minimum, I'm sorry, Doc. I love you, Brock. You're my guy. You're my guy. But I'm not coming. So, like, you know what I mean? They, they, they need to uh, – They need to make some changes to the roster if they want to bring in someone.
1: See, you just brought me down. I mean, it's true. Because I don't know how they do that. Because now you're back to the same problem you had before. You don't have trade chips. I don't think anybody's taking Horford off your hands for that contract.
0: And who else do they have that they're going to be able to trade? Yeah, I mean, I think something can happen. Because it depends. like, Like, Horford, to be honest with you... I think Horford would be great in Golden State.
1: He Uh, would, but is Golden State going to spend that kind of money? It depends. If
0: the the, if if Golden State if Golden State wants to get back to the championship, they would.
1: I don't know. Maybe Golden State's going to get themselves a rookie who's going to be, or they can get something a lot better than Horford. With uh, what do they have? The second pick.
0: Yeah, but. If I'm Golden State, I think, like, I would make a trade. Like, you know, I would trade someone. Andrew Wiggins is kind of streaky, though. But I would trade Wiggins and then just bring in Horford. I mean, that's just me. You really want Wiggins? No, I said he's he's streaky. Now, just so then, like, Buddy Hill, you know, Buddy Hill from Sacramento. I mean, he's begging. He's begging to leave there. I mean, like, basically (laughs) begging. So that's a guy right there that would be pretty good. But, you know, again, that's what they – but that's the type of player they need, a guy who can just get buckets for you, you know? I mean, shooting, making them from long range. I mean, that's what they need. I mean, that will open a lot of things up for the Sixers. It really would. It really would. Because Tobias Harris's best position is at the four. It's at the four. You know, I mean, he's a hard guard at the four. He is. So I, I, I think they need to go out and get a shooter, man.
1: Does Mariel Shayak have any shot? I mean, he's a shooter.
0: Yeah, he but. He gets get
1: to see the light of day this season with the Sixers, but, I mean, is, is he, he's an older uh, young player. But is, is he somebody that, that can break in? Because he has a shot. He has the one thing that the Sixers
0: don't have anywhere. I mean, I guess that's one of those things to be determined. The, the problem is, though, it's hard to really, I mean, and, it's, and, and, and I feel sorry for him because he didn't get a lot of opportunity here because now what we're doing is we're basing off of everything off of what we saw in the in the G League, and you know, if you're a good player, like an NBA-type player, caliber player, mm-hmm. you, you're you expected to dominate the G League, which he did. He dominated. So, again... For a little time that the G League played. for? Yeah, for the G League. He didn't look, even get a full season. For, yeah, he dominated. But at the same time, you, you look at it where, you know, you got Amir Johnson, who was a, a power forward in the NBA, back-up center in the NBA, and he was playing the wing down there like when he first came in the G League. And he was dropping 50. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I would like to see what he can do. But, unfortunately for him, if you can go out there and get a Buddy Hill, you're going to get a Buddy Hill before you put him out there. Now, again, oh, look, he I mean, may... that that's,
1: that's a no-brainer, obviously. Yeah. The question is whether or not they can pull this off.
0: Um, I, I don't know. But the thing is with... With, now, here, if you got a guy begging to get out of there, if you're Sacramento, you're starting to get a little desperate. Because, basically, this guy is, he won't even return the coach's phone calls. So, what that does is, it's kind of like the his trade value is kind of going down a little bit. So, what you're going to hurry up and do is you may want to hurry up and try to move him before, like, people saying, oh, <laughs> I'll give you two G Leaguers and three second round picks. You know, I mean? you know what I mean? Like you don't want that. You don't want that. So if
1: you're the Sixers, would you give up Horford and their first round pick this year?
0: Not for Buddy Hill, I wouldn't. No, I mean,
1: you really think this this year's first round pick is going to mean anything? It's in the twenties. It's yeah, not a great draft.
0: But uh, that's a lot. But man, for Buddy Hill. Nah, I don't think i will give up the first time. You
1: get Horford's contract. You get a guy that can shoot. It's probably the best you're going to do.
0: I mean, if you said you can give up, you can get Chris Paul and something like that type of player, then I'm giving up a draft pick in addition to players. That type of player. I'm talking about like an all-star player, you know. I don't know if I'm giving up all that for Buddy Hill. I mean, I, I, you know, Buddy Hill is a good play, a good fit, but I, I don't know if I'm but giving Chris up all Paul that. Chris Paul at this point is what thirty six. Yeah, but the thing about the whole Chris Paul thing is, you know, I'm looking at it as you're getting money off the books because he has two years left on his deal, and then he comes mm-hmm. completely off the books. Okay. That's what I'm looking at it for, and I'm also looking at this window. The Sixers window is, is you know it could be closing pretty soon like this is the time we don't like Embiid has stayed injury been injury prone for the most of his career you mm-hmm. know what I mean you know it's just to a point where I mean pretty soon like we keep saying it and next year it's going to happen where a team like Brooklyn is going to get better you Wait, know but we, just, we just talked about
1: Simmons going back to the point guard. You bring Chris Paul in here.
0: Chris they need another Paul. point guard. They need another point guard. They need another point guard. Yeah, Chris
1: Paul's a, a starting point guard.
0: True. But so at, how
1: are you going to have him and Simmons on the court at the same time? This
0: is the new NBA. Every team does it. Look at the Toronto Raptors starting lineup. They started two point guards. You look at this year with the uh, OKC. They had two point guards out there a lot of times. I mean, it started years ago. Well, yeah, with but Toronto has two po- yeah,
1: but Toronto has two point guards who can shoot. Yeah, but what Chris I'm Chris tra- Paul and, and
0: Ben Simmons are two point guards who are great shooters. But you know what? If you're the 76ers, here's the investment with Chris Paul. Chris, you need a veteran who has a voice. He's perfect for that. Who has a voice. Who's not afraid to tell Joel Embiid, get down there on the block. Who's not, and one who, who's still good. Now, what I'm saying is, he is an all-NBA player. So if I'm going out there and I'm going to make a trade to dump a salary, and and if I'm trying to get some, and I'm trying to give up another first-round pick, That is the type of player I'm going. You don't have to go out and get Chris Paul, but that's the type of player I'm going out there to get. Now, you always need the Sixers. When Ben Simmons got hurt, they had to use Shake Milton, who's better playing off the ball, to become their starting point guard. They didn't have, and then the backup point guard was another off-the-ball player that they had. So what I'm saying is, just don't don't talk. Let's not talk about Neto. Well, or well, not. I'm not talking about Neto. I'm talking about Alec Burks. Okay. So what what I'm what, what I'm trying to say is, it's one of those things where you need a ball handler. You need a veteran point guard, and and I think that's going to help Ben Simmons get better as well. Like the thing about Ben Simmons, he can do so many different things. You can post them up. You can do a lot of Different things with him. Take advantage of him. He could play small ball center in certain lineups. So to me, you need another ball handler. That's why I always thought Malcolm Brogdon was the best fit for Ben. Because Malcolm Brogdon plays off the ball and he can bring the ball up sometimes. That's what I mean. Now, it doesn't have to be a Chris Paul type, I mean, player But it has to be someone I feel like if I'm giving up draft picks, that's what I'm going to get. Because, I mean, again, now you can give up a draft pick and you give up a player and move up and get somebody you want. But is that player going to play this year as a rookie? Probably not. You know what I mean? Probably not. Because I don't think you're going to give up um, Al Horford and the 21st pick to get in the top five. You know what I mean? That's right. all I'm saying. That's all, all I'm right. saying. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. They need another ball handler. That's what they need. That's what they—they they need shooters and ball handlers.
1: I'm with you. I just don't know if they have the trade chips to do it. That's what worries yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Bringing in that 20, that twenty-first pick in the draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like my thing is the way if the the more Buddy Hill keeps yapping. You know what I mean? Like you, you may not have to give anything up besides just out. You know what I mean? you got you got
1: to get some stories in the Sacramento beat,
0: talking about how he's causing trouble. Yeah, Jason Jones had me cracking up. That's the beat writer for this. No, he's with the Athletic now, but he had me uh, cracking up with some of his stories about it. But yeah, the guy won't even return the coach's phone phone calls. So it is Sacramento. Yeah, well... <laughs> That's but, kind of a
1: dysfunctional team itself.
0: Yeah, but see, the thing is, we've got to be careful because, you know, everyone wants to come here. And everyone loves people when they come here. But how is Buddy going to deal with having the people who adore him right now start booing him if he misses five threes in a row? Or I, and I ain't going to say five, he misses ten in a row. Because well, you know it's coming. Yeah, well, do
1: we, do we know whether or not he has thick skin or not?
0: Well, I don't know. But what I'm saying I guess is you'll find out. You'll better, find it's, out. Better, it's better to take the risk and find out. I mean, and then, you know, it's a good player. But, see, here's the thing about uh, the Philadelphians, and I'm a Philadelphian, you are too. Well, we, we both live in South Jersey, but, I, you know, you know, but you know what I mean. But the thing is, it's like people always love people until they become on the Sixers team. And then all of a sudden they start killing them. But then when they leave, they love him again, you know? Like, remember Robert Covington? Like, Jim, like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, like Jimmy. <laughs> but but Jimmy's situation was different. But Tobias, Tobias caught some heck this year. He caught a lot of a heck this year. There was times when they booed J.J. Redick. So, again, my thing is, you know, everything, everyone fits well until they start playing. So, again, I think he will be the perfect fit. But he has to understand where he what he's getting into, right? He has to understand it. Now, again, I understand that he's upset that um, he's upset that he's not starting. And since he stopped starting, he's become vocal and, and he wants out of there, right? So, you know what I mean? It's, it's just one of those things. Um, you know, can they do it differently, a differently, a better way? Perhaps. But he wants to be a 76er. But, you know, one thing – all I'm saying is, you know, he just has to be aware that they're going to they're gonna boo him too.
1: Hey, if you want it and you get it, then it's your responsibility to make sure you do the things that you need to do. Yeah, you're right. Right? I mean, yeah. look, if, if you want out of Sacramento and you get your wish and you get to go to a team you want to go to that has real stars on the team that you get to play around and that opens up holes for you so that you can shoot your shots – I don't
0: know what more you can ask them what you would get if you came here yeah that's true that's true but look man let's end it on Buddy Hill Buddy Hill would be a great addition if he comes he, he'll he be the uh, space setter um do you have anything you want to say about your show uh
1: Listen on Fridays from 4 to 5 if you want live. Listen to the replay uh, from 1 to 2 on Tuesdays uh, on the same station. You can listen anytime on our podcasts that are available, as we said, on 97.5 The Fanatic, uh,
0: iTunes, wherever you, wherever you get podcasts. All right, and I want to thank you. And and every once
1: in a while, you get to hear hear you.
0: Oh, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Leading off
1: the show like you did this week. Oh, that was great. On our, what, all basketball show? I don't
0: know if you got to listen to the rest of it. Yeah, I did. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Matter of fact, a friend of mine sent it to me. (laughs) He was like, hey, these guys are good. These guys are good. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I know, they're all right. (laughs) He's like, no, they good.
1: (laughs) It was Friday afternoon. He was probably drinking.
0: Nah, nah. He he he. And he's from L. He's from L.A. He actually yep. listens to y'all. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He's a big fan of yours. Yeah. He loves when you come on a podcast. So he does. And I didn't have to pay him to say it. Or anything like that. <laughs> but nah. But look, hey, I want to thank y'all for listening, Jeff. I want to thank you for coming on, and I want y'all to have a great day.